0: So we are starting. Uh, The session today is is Hatarat Nidarim, or Releasing of Vows. Um, And we're going to be looking at the prayer Kol Nidre from from Yom Kippur, from from Kol Nidre. What most of you probably don't know is that Kol Nidre is actually not part of Ma'ariv. It's not part of the evening service on Yom Kippur. Kol Nidre should actually be said the day... Before Yom Kippur, leading up to Yom Kippur, huh. and so <coughs> it's actually, but not everybody necessarily did it uh, on their own. So over time, it kind of got smushed in with the evening service, uh, so that everybody would have a chance to participate in Kol Nidre, um, and became so central, obviously, that we refer to as we refer to era of Yom Kippur services as Kol Nidre, mm-hmm. right? Um, So obviously that's something, that's a change that happened a long, long time ago. But if you look in a machzor, uh, the machzor will actually have liturgy for Kol Nidre that says you should be saying uh, in the morning, the the day leading up to uh, Yom Kippur. So my custom is the morning before Yom Kippur, I go to the ocean with a, a friend, actually Rabbi Jonathan Bubis, who will be serving as a chazan, Oftentimes, he and I will go to the ocean together. <coughs> we'll do uh, mikvah in the ocean, so we toss our swim trunks to one another so that we can actually do mikvah properly. Go back to the beach, and then we'll uh, do kol nidre up on the beach.
1: What's kol nidre?
0: So that's what we're going to learn.
1: Okay.
0: <laughs> uh, so all the, so the sheets that you have in front of you have uh, the Hebrew and the translation. Sorry, I did not have time to put together the transliteration for this. Uh, what language is this in? Aramaic. 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 It is in Aramaic. <clears throat> As all good legal documents in Judaism is written in Aramaic, right? A ketubah Ooh. is in Aramaic. A get is in Aramaic. And kol nidre.
2: kaddish.
0: Yes, but that's not really a, a legal. Oh, it's document. not a document. But kol nidre is legal formulation. And we're going to get a sense of why it actually is a legal formulation by looking at this text. Um, so, for the sake of recording, I will I'll just read through everything I'll translate as we go along And then if there are questions Just about what certain things mean As we go along I'm happy to explain that But then we're going to go into A bit more of a Like a more of a discussion Around the text itself So Kol Nidre SRA. Actually you know what I'm going to sing it through once Why not you Get a real sense for the awe of it Can we do the
3: background? So how long no. is the, how, <laughs> how old is the melody The famous melody
0: It's probably like Not even hundred years old I bet Really? I bet I bet so many like of the melodies that you know and love and like are, are like staples yeah. are often actually Mudgets melodies that were written. There's, the guy is actually still alive It's a Mudgets melody and the guy is actually still what does alive. Mean? Mudgets is a Hasidic community okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah so a lot of the, a lot of the melodies that you know is, like,
3: uh, as like Sinai
0: is being from you know Mount Sinai. They're actually relatively new.
3: But the prayer itself is old. The prayer itself is old. Yes.
0: Very (coughs) old. So the way it's sung is: (laughs) Conidre, Vesare, Vekarame, Vekoname, Vekinuye, Vekinuse, Vekinuye, Vekinuse, Ushuod. (laughs) Indana Uda Ishtabana Uda da 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 dai dai da a-chari-dna-va-hon, hu yahon vi kin la 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 Mm-hmm. Okay. <clears throat> Obviously not done well. This is the very first time we've even tried singing Col Nidre this year. Was so beautiful.
3: uh you know who did beautiful. a good Kol Nidre?
0: Beautiful job. Al Jolson. Al Jolson. Oh yeah. yes. well. Yes. Good.
3: Well
0: he's you know, in the jazz singer, jazz. Jazz. Right? No, yeah, yeah. Jazz. Actually, I know. Mean. Actually I didn't love it that much. Uh, I, I actually didn't love that, that his rendition all that much. Not a diamond. I love, I Neil love Neil that Neil diamond. <laughs> Yes,
3: I already have a question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: I um, About the, the uh, Hebrew and the tune, because when Alan cantor used to sing it, he would use he would sing almost as you <laughs> did. Yeah. So they're different. So,
0: so that that one verse, there are a lot of, and I'll get to that verse more in a in a, in a little bit. But there are different opinions on uh, how that verse should actually be sung, what the words are, and the order of the words. And even the very uh, opening line, there are multiple versions of uh, of the order of all of them. Uh,
4: that line sounds like Hebrew, not Aramaic. Habah, Aleinu? Yes. Well, that's so straight Hebrew,
0: you. right? So, so much of this, Right, because if it was Aramaic, it would be miyama kippurim. Right, but, so that's, some of it is Hebrew. But yom kippurim is actually like... The name, so it makes sense that you'd say Miyom instead right. of saying like yama kipurim, right. uh, and zeh and ad. Right. Wait, so this is a Hebrewized <coughs> version of
2: the Aramaic.
0: Hebrew. No, no, that's Hebrew. This is this is the version that is. Just like Kaddish is not all Aramaic. Kaddish also has Hebrew. What a ketubah also has Hebrew in it as well.
3: Huh.
0: They do. Because, like, there's just, you know, some things that, right, Hebrew is... People know certain things in Hebrew, and, but the main language that they use was Aramaic. Okay, so either way, let's go through one line at a time. So, kol nidrei v'kinusei ushvuot. Those are... So, we're laying out what we're talking about. So, all vows, uh, nidrei, vows, and obligations, esarei, uh, and renunciations, haramei and dedications, koname, formulate, formulas of commitments, chinuye, decrees, kinuse, and oaths, shvuot. Now, of course, the English can only be an approximation of what the Hebrew is really talking about. So, uh, nedre, comes from the word neder, which means you're making a, a vow in the name of God. Neder comes from, I mean, that's straight out of the Torah, the idea of nedarim and making vows. Like when I say I swear to God I'm going to do X Y Z, comes from uh, the idea of nedere. Sra comes from the word asur, which means forbidden. But it also comes from the word. Uh, but the word asir also means bound. So when we, in the morning when we say matir asurim, God frees the bound. Uh, and so being bound uh, can either be that you have. Or you're, it can either be that you are declaring certain things as being off-limits to you, but what it probably is actually talking about is you are binding yourself. You are making yourself obligated to do certain things or not to do certain things. (laughs) Charame comes from the word cherem. When you put somebody in cherem, they're shunned, right? They're kicked off, which actually means nobody is allowed to speak with them, right? They are completely out of the community, and therefore it's a renunciation. You are swearing off something. It is is shunned from your life. So So I am not going to... I'm not going to eat gluten, that is... That's a... Uh, harem. Yes. That's a... harame. Koname, Koname... Uh, uh, konam... Is language that's used for... When you make an offering to God... You're dedicating something to God... And you're setting it aside... As... You know... For temple service... So, if I say... Um, I you know... I grow... I grow this gorgeous pepper in my garden... And it's so beautiful... I can't just eat it myself... I'm gonna set aside, I'm gonna give it to the shul so everybody can like, have this wonderful pepper. Right, that would be a konam. I'm offering it up and it's no, now, it's no longer permissible to me. It's now only, uh, you know, it's, it's set aside for, in this case, for temple uh, s- service. Chinuyay comes the word kinui. word kinui, Adrian, what's a kinui? It's a nickname. Uh, right, it's from the word makir, to know or to recognize. So chinui is it's it's a nickname or whatever. So the idea here, chinui, would be you're making a vow, but using language that's not an actual vow. So if you say, I swear, I would, you know, I I, I could eat a horse right now, whatever, right? Uh, you're not actually saying I swear to God, or you know, you're actually using Hebrew names of God, but it's a formulation as if you are taking that vow or actually swearing something. And so even those. Right, are, we're, we're liable for. You know, you, you could say it's like, you pinky swear, you're going to do something, and, you know, it's a pinky swear. There, there's nothing in the Gemara that talks about pinky swearing. So you might be surprised, but uh, if you pinky swear and kiss on it, you know, that is, you're obligated, right? Can I ask you,
5: uh, uh, is, it, is it important to know the background of this prayer, how why it was created? Because I always thought it Well, it, we'll get to it.
0: Oh, okay. We'll get to it. All right. <laughs> the kinuse um, is the word kanas, uh, a tax or a, a penalty, a fine. Um, and in this case, but it's also a, not so much that you're you know, pledging a penalty, but when penalties or fines are given out, they're decreed. And so this case, the idea of a kinuse, kinuse or a kinus is you are decreeing something, you're making it publicly known that you're going to do something or not to do something. And shvuot, uh, shvu, uh, shvuah, is an oath, right? It's just a form of a of a vow of sorts. It's like you're pledging something or a promise. You know, that's
4: got to be in Aramaic because Hebrew, that would be I, weak. I know. Yes. How do you spell it in Hebrew? Same. That's it's why... It's, it's, it's fine.
2: There's no connection. No.
4: no. In, in the that,
0: meaning. Well, <laughs> in... in, in, in uh, in Hebrew, the connection—the word shvuah for a week comes from Sheva,
2: which is seven, seven. Seven days a week, right? Seven.
0: Yeah. So, I don't know the etymology of, of shvuah okay. in this case for a uh, an oath. Okay. Um, all right. So this is—we're laying out all the different ways that you might possibly have committed yourself to something that, like, since last year, that you probably didn't get a chance to make good on,
5: except one. And that is all the false vows and the false obligations and the false things that you were
0: forced to do. That doesn't, nobody's ever held accountable for things that you're forced to do. So. If you're, if you're forced to make a promise of something like that or anything.
3: How do you know what's forced and what's not?
0: You know. You know. If you are forced into something, like, um, whatever it is, somebody holds a gun to your head and says, you know, Promise me you're going to give me a million dollars. And you say, and swear to God, and you say, I swear to God, I'm going to give you a million dollars. But, like, you know, first of all, that would be a really bad robber. Like, (laughs) promise me you're going to go to the bank tomorrow and take out the money and give it to me, right? Um, So, but the idea there is uh, you're forced to make that promise, and therefore you're actually, you fall in a category of what's called anus, meaning forced, you're pressed. And nobody is uh, ever held accountable for things that they do when they are. Because I was
5: specifically thinking about the uh, expulsion from Spain. When people, if they wanted to stay in Spain, they they were forced to be, they had to make certain problems. They
0: became, uh, uh, they had to convert. Yeah, they are are Anusim. They're Anusim. Yeah, they were. Okay, all right. All right. So, we continue now. Okay. Okay. that banging is driving me nuts. Can somebody <laughs> close that door? No. Oh, I thought
1: there was an air conditioner oh. down here. No.
0: no cool. I'm sorry. I'm just thinking for, for the sake okay. of this, just we're to have just that banging constantly, it's, it's, it's it. annoying to listen
1: to. You know, we ought to go
2: have it's services right suffering. in front of them, and then, you know. Yeah. Oh, well,
0: right. don't close the door on Thank now. you, Kevin. We should have a fan oh. We should. All right. Oh, dear. Okay. So, let me continue to with. the next line here. <laughs> Din darna, ud ishtabana, ud acharimna, Udasarna al Okay. Poetic. All this stuff poetic. Yeah. But yeah. the word, the prefix de, means she, or asher, which. And the ending na means I, as in ana or ani. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah I. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, dindarna, which I vowed, neder, right? The, the root in the middle is neder. Okay. Ud ishtabana, which I, what's the root of ishtabana? Shabbat, or Shavuah, in which I pledged. Oh. Uda ha in which I okay. cherem, put into I renounced. Udasarna sarna al-nafshatana, in which, and al-nafshatana means upon myself. The nefesh is my, not just soul, soul, but it's also self. Soul. Al-nafshatana, upon myself. So I took an obligation upon myself, is what they're saying. So all these different pledges and vows and oaths and, you know, whatever which I've pledged and oath and vowed, right? mm-hmm. sworn, ze ad yom And so there, Adrian, we get to the verse that was difficult. So some people say, miyom ad yom kipurim ze from last year until this year, which probably actually makes the most sense because you're saying anything that I've pledged last year, since last year, up until this point? Yeah, that's the idea. Right? Yeah. Uh, it's a little weird to say anything that I'm going to, or the idea is that I'm, looking, I'm forward-looking, Anything I pledge from today until next year, it's, you know, uh, you know, that's what I'm talking about. right? Or you could say, mi yom kipurim zeh, from this ad yom kipurim haba, until next yom kippurim, the next you know, haba, the one that comes to us. Aleinu uh, You know, you can either understand it it's, may it be good for us, or it could be haba uh, aleinu l'tova. From last, uh, from last Yom Kippur until this Yom Kippur, which comes to us for good. Mm. Um, for the sake of good. It's a very screwy line. There are multiple versions in every single makhsor you pick up. Really? Even within the conservative movement, you pick up one makhsor versus another makhsor. There are going to be different formulations of this verse. Because nobody's really certain what the actual theology is. And everybody has their own personal feelings. Oh. If you come from this you know shtetl versus that shtetl, like, people have their customs. And whoever the editor was of that, Machzor is probably bringing their history into it. So that's one screwy line. And it's It's in Hebrew as well. So it's like, it just stands out like a sore thumb for many reasons. Okay. Kulhon, all of them. Acharit Navahon. I regret all of them.
5: That makes no sense. There may be some that you well, they, uh, still uh, want to continue to be obligated to that you made in good faith that you're very happy about. You don't regret them. Okay, I mean, but,
0: there's a, uh, hold on. But there's a reason why we regret them. Because, yes, there might be some that you regret, but there's a reason why we definitely want to regret making these promises. These promises, which for the most part, involve <laughs> the invoking of the name of God. Right. And that's something we don't necessarily want to do. We'll talk about that a little bit more in a, in, a, in a second. Right? So I regret all of them. Kolhon, uh, Yehon Sharan. So all these things which I swore off will now be permitted. Sharan, uh, it means permitted, permissible. So all those things which I swore off now will be permissible to me. Shvikin, uh, Shvitin, they'll be uh, they'll be pardoned. They'll be removed, like Shabbat, like Shabbat, like stopped. They'll right? be ceased. These, uh, these commitments will be ceased. But and they will be null and void. La shiririn v'la kayamim. They will, shall no longer be valid nor applicable. So we're saying all these things that I've pledged, no longer can I be held accountable for them. Nidrana la nidre. That which I vowed are not actually uh, vows. And all those things, all those renunciations uh, are not renunciations. And my promises, and those that which I've promised are not promises. And that's it. And we say it three times to make sure that everybody's heard us. Right, to make sure that you know, people know we are not held accountable for any of these promises that we made. Okay. So, before I continue... Thoughts and reflections on actually understanding what the words of Kol well, Nizra really about. I can
4: bring up the traditional objection made by outsiders who are.
0: Can't trust them, Jews?
4: Yeah! yeah. yeah. No, really. Uh-huh. I mean, the problem, and I think, if I recall correctly, I think even the rabbis have this problem that an outsider might say, Well, look at you, pernicious Jews. You're, you're already making something that, whereas if you make us a promise, you get to break your promises. What a p- evil, pernicious thing this is, and and you know it shows that Jews are not trustworthy as a people. This is oh, a yeah. condemnation of the Jewish people that we have such a thing, especially since we give such prominence uh, and honesty in what we're doing.
0: And so that's for people a, who don't understand what this is actually about. Right. That's, that's a very good argument. So, like, you would say like. Who would, trust, who would do business with anybody? Who, like that? You just you yeah, know, Contracts are no good. I have to tell you, it's, it's because like,
4: I, it could be interpreted that way, it's made me uncomfortable in a way. Uh, and I'm hoping you're going to continue I'm to I'm hoping that it. I <laughs> can help bring you comfort. Yes.
0: Other thoughts, reflections initially on all this? I need a cookie now.
2: <laughs> Yeah. It, it, <laughs> I think I've answered the question. But a person who says something and then forgets, I mean, genuinely forgets that mm-hmm. they've made this vow; they're still obligated. Okay.
0: Yeah, well, so well, well they, they would be.
2: What about Alzheimer's? I well, mean, that's so, somebody who's not
0: of sound mind right, can't okay, be held okay. accountable going, as well. Right. Um, but, but that's a good example. What if I promised somebody that I was going to do something, and I totally forgot about that obligation, that promise, um, and and I don't make good on it? Like, that's that's pretty bad. But this frees me from that obligation because, you know, this is a catch-all. All All those things, whether I remember them or not, uh, anything that I promised or vowed, it's not accountable anymore.
3: You know, this is a little digression, but the reason why this is important to me, I've always been impressed by this. This is how you create a civil society that's corrupt, that that makes a commitment to not be corrupt. The the gods involved with every commitment, every every kind of... Commitment to you know to any kind of legal commitment or any kind of personal commitment. It isn't something you just throw off and just kind of like underhandedly do something that that uh, kind of under undermines the value of it in a in a Jewish society. Commitments have have meaning.
0: But here it seems like commitments don't.
3: No, no, no. This is this is a prayer. This is a this is a, a very solemn kind of prayer. Kind of taking responsibility for having to make this. To, to, to let go of these commitments this is a prayer, a solemn prayer recognizing the, a problem that someone's got themselves into yeah. perhaps, and this is not something that's a, a trifling and that, okay, I, you know you know, it doesn't, it doesn't matter, I can just say no this is very solemn, this is very important this is how you create a, a, it's, it's, a healthy society
2: it it's, reminds me also it's sort of the counter of what the Torah is always saying about Lashon Hara and the importance of words and how to choose your words carefully. And it makes you think by saying that, you know, when you're making a bow, you really need to be thinking about what you're saying. You really need to be. I think mm-hmm.
1: I'm missing something because it seems yeah. like the opposite. It does seem like right. the yeah.
4: Well, Please. I think that's why I the see, historical think, contest I think, I think, is absolutely I critical. Think, I think the Robin needs to explain.
5: Okay. Because yeah. I think correct? this prayer was written in answer to something that was happening at the time, the historical time that it was missing. Oh. Oh. Well, Not
0: necessarily. Yeah, Wendy, let's i Aren't
1: you supposed to start with a clean
0: slate? It's... After Yom Kippur, they're really given a clean slate. Right? Okay. Yom Kippur is really the final day here. Yeah. So here's the thing: starting today with Rosh Chodesh Shalul, all the way up through Rosh Hashanah, right? That's when we're doing our introspection and trying to get a sense of who we are, where we've been, where we're going, evaluate our relationships, and approach those people to ask for forgiveness, to grant forgiveness, and whatnot. And then. And if we don't really do that work, by the time we get to Rosh Hashanah, you really need to do that work by the time between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. But is Yom Kippur about relationships with other people? About relationship to God. It's about relationship to God. So that is, we have to. We there's nothing really in the in the language of in the liturgy of Yom Kippur that's about others. I mean, we do talk about for the sin which we've committed before you through wanton glances and through you know wicked speech and you know whatever. But all those start with for the sin which we've committed before you, God. Right? So we're actually apologizing to God, not to the people. We have to uh, apologize to people before we can uh, stand before God. Because if you don't do that work initially, there's no point in even standing before God because you didn't do... The prep work. You have to do that stuff first. So, Kol Nidre, being the very beginning of Yom Kippur, this is when we're shifting our attention away from others to God. And so, when we're talking about all these vows and oaths and promises that we've made are not about promises in business or to other people. It's about promises we made to God. So, the person who says, Oh, this is good proof why you can't trust Jews and to go into business with them, whatever, because they just you know, the word's no good, has absolutely nothing to do with the way that we conduct ourselves in business. This has everything to do with the way we conduct ourselves in relationship to God. In fact, the way we do business is that you always have two witnesses that sign on a contract as a deem, as witnesses, to testify to the fact that they've seen two people agree to whatever terms have been agreed upon. So it's not even just two people, and it's, you know, he said, she said. they are always witnesses to be able to attest to what was seen. And to make sure that those contracts are always uh, um, are always valid and applicable, right? Um, contracts always end right? Uh, right? Everything is always is applicable and valid. So that gives a little bit of context here. So we're not talking about vows and oaths to other people. We're talking about vows and oaths to God. So what are vows and oaths that you might make to God throughout the year?
4: Promise to quit smoking. Yeah,
0: I promise. <laughs> I swear to God, this I is smoke. I swear to God, this is my last cigarette, right? And what if you don't actually make good on that? That's a problem. Or you say, I swear to God, if I get out of this situation, I'm going to start going to shul every single Shabbat. Right? And you don't make good on it, right? not because you had, you know, intent, or because like ha. I got one over on God. You might have every intention to uphold that promise, but you've used language as a kind of a promise to God that you can't make good on. And God understands that we are fallible, that we are humans. And God, thank God, (laughs) right, is el rachum v'chanun. God is forgiving and compassionate. God's patient Um, and understanding. That that we're going to mess up and we're going to say things that you know we might mean but can't actually follow through on. So what would be the problem if we didn't have Kol Nidre as a formula? If we made those vows throughout the year to God but we didn't have Kol Nidre.
1: You'd just be adding them up.
0: <laughs> well one you'd be adding them up but not only would you be adding them up but you're burdened. not gonna be but you're not gonna be making good on these promises. What's the problem with that? And this uh,
1: is not
0: exactly
1: you're that, be, uh, it you're, seems it seems that it minimizes the importance of kundalini because God is, God is God, and He's there. He or she is there somewhere, and and if you don't look at this as saying that you're at, you're, you're eliminating the vows and the promises you've made to people, then I don't think it has as much meaning because it, because God is so indefinite. We don't know, and. I mean it I don't think he's busy thinking about whether you or I promise to give up cigarettes for the year or what. I mean, it's much more important if you promise somebody that you're going to be there for them or if you or if you promise somebody that you're going to do something so i'm I'm confused about the idea that just the promises that you made to God because well, most people don't even make because promises you still to
0: are God. accountable for the promises you make to other people, right, which Collin really is saying you're still accountable to those individuals. But I, God, am, I'm cool. I don't, like, I know you promised it, but like, I'm cool. I'm not gonna actually, you know, I'm never gonna come back and collect on that promise. But I wanna get back to my question from before, which is, what is the major problem if you've made a promise to God, whether you remember or not, but especially if you don't make good on that promise.
3: Well, then you would always be guilty and you wouldn't be able to work on your relationships with other people because you're always guilty before God.
0: So, yes, yeah, so are you're going to be guilty before God, but you're going to be guilty of what?
3: Blasphemy.
0: Yeah, Taking right?
1: Of what? What did you say? Blasphemy. blasphemy. Say, say that, Phil.
0: Taking the Lord's name in vain. Taking the Lord's name in vain. Right? Of, of, that's literally what it means. To take the Lord's name in vain means that you say, I swear to God, no. X... And if you don't make good on that, like you have now actually taken God's name in vain, and you have actually belittled the you know the sanctity and the greatness of God's name. Not only that, um, but uh, so yeah, and also you also uh, are guilty of the of tr- the transgression of swearing falsely. So not just taking God's name in vain, but also swearing falsely, uh, and not just to anybody, but to God. So. Right. So Two commandments in I mean, oh, one. It's, it's, a, it's a big deal if you actually...
2: Is that oath, then?
0: Any of these. Any so actually, so, so if we go back through what these things are. Yeah. So, uh, a nether. You are swearing to God to give up or to do something. Right? You're committing yourself, your child, to whatever. Is right? that... which word? So like, for instance, we think about, about the Chagim. This is Hannah vowing to give up her son Samuel right, to the service of God. That is a neder. Uh, the neder. Uh, the asare, this is um, obligating yourself to do something for God. The charame, you are renunci- uh, renoun- renouncing something um, that's going to be, you know... Objectionable to God. Or, or, or turned over right. to God, right? Like, I'm, I'm giving up my claim on... My vineyard, and it's going to be... I wish I had a vineyard, right? Uh, My vineyard is going to be turned over to God. Koname, I am... Like I said earlier, I'm taking the great pepper, and I'm going to give that over to God. Um, All these things are about... They're about vows to God, whether through temple service and offerings or about just how we behave and conduct ourselves. The one kind of glaring exemption here is the idea of a Nazarite. Because Nazarites will make a, uh, an oath of, of um, ab- like abstinence from, from all grape products. Right? They won't cut their hair. Right? But, and that usually lasts, it can be for a short period of time, but it can also last for a lifetime. Uh, like, for instance, uh, Shimshon right, was offered as a Nazarite from his mother uh, at birth, which is why Samson had the long hair. Um, but those are vows that continue despite Kol Nidre. But nobody really takes uh, Nazarite vows anymore, so it's not applicable anyways. Um, But, yeah, so either way, but all these are, are pledges to God. And so it's a big problem if you... If you transgress on these by swearing falsely and taking God's name in vain. Yeah, Tiffany.
1: So does it only count if you actually use the Lord's name? What if you're making a promise to yourself or making an intention and feel solemn about it? Do you have to say to God? So that's
0: where we come into the the language of chinuyeh, of formulas that are like vows and promises, but don't necessarily use the literal language of... I swear to God X or whatever. Four but if I just say, if I just say, I swear this is the very you know this is the last bottle of beer I'm going to drink all year, right? <laughs> um, who are you swearing to? We know you're swearing to God. Like you know you you're just putting it out into the.
2: Uh, I swear to myself. You mm-hmm.
0: too. That wasn't yeah. Yeah. But yeah. But does but, that count as God? But who you? But you swear. But you're swearing before God. God does
2: have control over whether I have a beer uh, or not. I have uh, control. but God
0: over. is witness to that oath
2: to myself
0: god observes all according to this theology you can't win so so god can hold you accountable (laughs) well you can
1: by keeping your oath (laughs) Uh,
0: so here's but here's the thing so here's the thing though and and ellen you're actually so it's a good uh segue segue. it's a good segue here which is that just as this is telling us that god is forgiving and is not going to hold you know hold us accountable for things that we promise know, in the heat of the moment or, you know, whatever, even if we had the best intentions. Uh, and as we are created in the image of God, we too need to be forgiving of ourselves and say we might promise ourselves something and we might really think that we're able to, you know, keep it up, but, you know, we mess up. I just had a big piece of chocolate cake. I like, that's probably maybe the... Third or fourth piece of cake I've had like in a year.
5: Yeah, you don't right? eat sugar.
0: Hardly ever eat sugar anymore. But for whatever reason, I saw it and it's just I didn't have dinner last night and i just really <gasps> I was hungry. and it looked good, so like I had it. I feel kind of crappy now that I ate it. Like yeah. I just feel kind of <laughs> sick. Um, and I should forgive myself, right?
3: Uh-huh.
0: However, letting somebody off the hook,
3: mm-hmm.
0: God letting us off the hook, or us, or, or us letting ourselves off the hook, does not mean that we're fully off the hook. It doesn't mean that we're free to just do whatever we want, whenever we want. And we still are accountable. And we still have to be able to push ourselves to be the best versions of ourselves that we can. To be able to make good on these things. But also to be really serious and to really contemplate those promises that we're making to ourselves, to God. To say, I'm really serious about wanting to be healthy and not putting junk into my body. I know how I feel when I eat that junk. And therefore, like, I've got to really push myself. Now, I'm going to mess up. And that's okay. As long as I really have the intention of following through on this. But if I'm bouncing around one month to the next, starting this diet and that diet and, and this, you know, giving up that and giving up this, uh, and I never really follow through on it it's, like it's, how am I ever going to trust myself to actually follow through on any of them? I've got to take it really seriously. And I have to hold myself accountable. But... I also have to be patient and forgiving and loving of myself.
2: This is the crux of it, because it's so funny, while you're talking, I'm thinking uh, to myself that, you know, what if, what if, what if, and I keep wanting to say, you know, that I'm hearing my kids' teachers say, no what ifs, no what ifs, we're just having this conversation, no what ifs. It's not always black and white.
0: Nothing in life is.
2: And... And so that's what makes it so difficult because we do, this is the the bar, okay? Here's the bar, and if we don't reach that, if we don't achieve that bar in our day-to-day lives in trying to improve ourselves, it can make us absolutely crazy. You can think, "Oh, oh, you know, I stepped on an ant and I said I wasn't going to. I mean, you can't do this to yourself all the time. This is where the harsh... Um, Yahweh comes in. And, and no, seriously. Gonna put that word
0: into recording? Um, <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> oh, yes, the name of God. I'm whispering. Yehovah, hey, yes. <laughs>
2: well, it's, <laughs> 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 it's just you know the judgment <laughs> and uh, the self judging becomes an issue for a lot of people.
0: Yeah, but the very first thing we <laughs> <to laughs> say is. <laughs> El rachum v'chanun. God is full of compassion and grace. Right? And that leads into forgiveness, right? We have to be compassionate with ourselves. Um, doesn't mean that we are off the hook entirely, but that, like, we understand we're going to slip up and maybe not be so perfect. Yes, I give
4: myself extensions.
0: Okay. I'm not going to be able to do it this year or this month and say, so as long as I get to it at some point.
2: Well, I will even write it down, you know, and, uh, I can live with myself that way. I
0: don't batten myself with it. But it's it's know with the New Year's resolutions. You know, know, people say, always say, make sure your New Year's resolution is the idea of a smart goal. Um, What is smart? It's uh, probably attainable. Right, measurable, attainable realistic, time-bound. I can't remember what the S stands for. Oh,
1: nothing worth having a goal over, basically.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you have to be realistic. Like, make sure you actually can get to the... Uh, so, so, for, that goal. so for
5: people uh, where God is not a big part of who they make oaths to, but they do make lots of oaths to that higher self within themselves, mm-hmm. would that in some ways be a i don 't want to use the word substitute, but in a sense, those are the ones that are really in my life are really the ones that count for me the ones I make to my to that better part of me that I want to really uh, keep to how w- would I be able to use this prayer as a vehicle for rene- saying you know something those you know we can start with a clean slate that 's always a good objective you 've got to keep trying but for now, I understand. You know, you know what I'm saying?
0: I understand. So, well, one, that's kind of what Ellen was saying before, which is that even if you're using those promises to yourself instead of to God, the idea that God still is witness to it, and the idea of, you know, you're still saying this idea of kol nidre before God, you know, to not hold you accountable to those promises you made to yourself. But in a way, kol nidre is something to say to yourself, to remind yourself that right, you can't hold yourself accountable for those things. Again, yeah, this is not about rela- this is not is about bad, relationship right? to others, right? I mean, part of yourself is God. This is not about your relationship to others and the contracts and, you know, and commitments that you have to others. Those, there's nothing that can break those other than the agreement of both parties to to sever that relationship. Um, but a vow you make to yourself, to be able to tell yourself, you know, I promised myself this. It's okay. I'm human. I'm going to mess up. Uh, this coming year i 'm going to try to do a lot better. Uh, i 'm not going to use language of you know definites i 'm going to try my best to avoid as much as possible as much as, I, and I 'm push myself to really be even better this year than I was last year Two
4: comments yes one is one comment. Is, thank you. You have made it. Better. I would, I would wish though, the rabbis would, would have added the words yeah. to
0: God. Yeah. It, it would
5: have been so <laughs> have been
4: helpful. A lot
0: <laughs> Except wow. all of these, by the way, if you understand the like the language of these, then you actually know it's to God.
4: But yes. I, I understand it's implied. Yes, and in the in for the, the other Aramaic, people, and yeah. in the mm-hmm. Aramaic, it's implied, but it would have been clearer. For, yeah, but they couldn't think five hundred years in the future. I understand it was clear to them at the time. Probably
0: more like a couple thousand. So you're you also right, saying, uh, saying that?
4: but I have one, one, one last maybe a problem because when I look at the third commandment you know not to use God's name in vain many people have a broader interpretation not just to not to make oaths in God's name I swear to God I'll quit smoking by the way I don't smoke (laughs) Um, but to say not to use God not to invoke God's name to justify the evil things you do so you know know, that it's God's will that we wipe out every single Serbian (laughs) that this is ordained by God that we Right. We do this that we that we separate children from parents. I mean, we actually had a, a member of our government do that recently, invoke the Bible yeah. to to uh, to, yes. to justify the evil things they were doing. Yes. So, I would hope the rabbis would agree that if I invoke God's name to justify my terrible policy, that this does not.
0: From yes the but it's not really a promise to God in this case that's just you being an idiot <laughs> <laughs> not you nah, yeah, the one right. who says that. The, one, the, one, the one who says that
4: oh, yeah. no, I will tell people to invoke the third you know not to use God's name in vain you should not use invoke God's name or the Bible yeah. to justify right. your your evil yeah. right well, you know what? <laughs> one thing that's really interesting to me about this prayer which is you know people talk about it
2: being Love. one of the hol- one of the holiest prayers in our Liturgy is uh, that it, it it doesn't, you know praise God. It doesn't lift us up to, you know, yeah. a higher level. It's very this specific is, down to earth uh, well not necessarily down to earth. This is earth. a legal you know I mean? document. It's a legal document.
0: That's all it is. This is a legal document.
2: And and it's kind it's of interesting liturgy. on the holiest day of the year if for some people, it is a document we're reading and we're not saying, you know, we're not running around doing praise doing all the,
1: <laughs> <laughs> like, they're going to know what that means. <laughs> <laughs>
2: they do. Know what I'm saying.
0: No, yeah. Um, really, but you can also understand, though, why before, if people, if it was found that increasingly people were not doing this for themselves before mm-hmm. actually standing there for Mariv on Yom Kippur and getting into the very beginning, like saying Ashamnu and Achet and all the things. Like, if you haven't done this first, mm-hmm. then that stuff isn't going to do its job. Mm-hmm. And so therefore, let's get this out of the way. Let's make sure everybody in the community has had a chance to, uh, you know, free themselves from their obligations to God. In this, uh, and then we can get on with everything. Um, but in a way, even though it's not liturgy oh. and we're not oh. praising God or anything, yeah. it's actually still an extremely important, extremely powerful, yeah. um, you know, or language in this case, because it's, uh, it's that reminder that we're human and we're fallible and it's that humility with which one needs to enter in the space to stand before God, mm-hmm. especially in Yom Kippur. Uh, so right, to acknowledge that we're not perfect uh, for the very first act before entering into Yom Kippur, um, yeah, it's really crucial. So you can see why it has become such a central part of our, the larger high Holiday liturgy.
2: So it's a setup for the prostration and everything.
0: Yeah.
1: What's a prostration?
0: Laying when flat on the ground. Oh, Jews oh, you know. do that too? That was just a Catholic thing. Oh, we do it on empty. (laughs) On
1: empty. Really (laughs) in front of everybody. Oh yeah. Everyone gets on the ground. It's fun. Oh, you'll have a bar.
0: Right in the aisle. I invite people to. it. Right In the (laughs) aisle. Oh yeah. That's that's
1: expressing gratitude, isn't it?
0: No, that's expressing humility. Humility to God. You're prostrating. I am as low as can be. Oh, I'm sorry.
5: But also, what just occurred to me is that this is the perfect prayer, or the perfect expression to say before, to help you have a clean slate a clean slate right. clean snake a clean slate when you're re- reconnecting to God it's the and this is the best one of the greatest times of the year to reconnect uh, this is a wonderful time we should be doing it all the time but especially on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur this really sets it up so that we're ready to reconnect we are we're we're cleaning our slate we're cleaning mm-hmm. our slate of the obligations of the promises and everything and now we can enter the the Yom Kippur with with this kind of attitude of oh, re- it's broken It's of reconnection oh,
0: it's and a, uh,
2: rebirth. Yeah.
5: It's a kind of a not a rebirth it's yes it's, a, that's the way
0: yeah. it is and God willing we're all able to actually achieve that uh, that clean slate and to be able to approach God from a place of humility and yeah well, so I up and me to
5: talk more. yes Shikoa yes Shikoa